Hello and welcome to the Crazy Sexy Food Podcast. I'm Hannah Harley-Young, a photographer by trade and a foodie at heart. Each week I sit down and chat all things food with well-known foodies, industry insiders, chefs, critics and people who just love their food. Today I'm joined by the two lovely ladies behind Twice the Health, Hannah Tilsey and Emily Keir. Twice the Health was set up in 2015 when the two girls met at university. Quickly becoming best of friends, they bonded over their love of fitness and food and slowly created Twice the Health, a one-stop website, blog and running enthusiast dream. They may not know it yet, but they will in a bit, but I owe these girls a lot. I was first introduced to them at the start of my marathon training last year and I joined their weekly running clubs as a total amateur. I had all the gear and no idea. With their bubbly personalities, no judgment on speed approach to the running community, fabulous running clubs around the city and even further afield, they are the poster girls for a realistic approach to fitness, food and well-being. It should be fun and always rewarded with dessert. Thank you girls for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having us. That made me smile so much. Thank you. It's always quite nice hearing someone else describe yourself because I can't do it. I think as a creative or someone who owns your own business, it's very difficult to sort of write your own biography or something like that. You could just come and do that for kind of every uh, talk. You know what, I yeah, will happily, I will <laughs> happily. <laughs> so I always start my interviews asking what you guys had for breakfast. I mean, we're doing late morning interviews. Oh, you literally just saw and me so I my did breakfast. That. <laughs> um, that was a slightly sad version. Of not, I normally, I either go sweet or savoury. So if it's savoury, I go for like a muesli, sorry, sweet. I go for muesli and yogurt, honey, banana, peanut butter. But then if I go savoury, then I'm like scrambled eggs, mm. mushrooms, tomatoes on toast. I actually had toast this morning, so usually I am a savoury person at the moment. I go through phases, but at the moment I'm a savoury person. But because I had toast this morning, I actually had yogurt and granola for my second breakfast. <laughs> um, I'm actually really into, at the moment, feta pesto on toast mm. with rocket. Like, oh, that gosh. is my... Mainly because I get Quick. to work and I'm lazy, yeah, and it's just easy. Do you know what I sometimes do? If I've got a bit of pesto left in the fridge, or so I have this dish that I make by Ottolenghi that's this harissa cod... And I, so oh. you always have a bit of harissa left. I scramble my eggs, and then at the very last minute, I put some harissa or pesto and just like wrap it into the oh, eggs. So I yummy. know, but I could eat that for dinner. Yeah, oh, I could yeah. eat it like at any point. Like harissa and pesto. If you've got those in your cupboard, you can literally make anything. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so obviously, I mentioned in the intro that you guys met at university and sort of bonded over your love of mutual f- desires and love mm. of fitness and food. So, but can you talk to me about how the idea was born? Um, and sort of, was this something that you always thought you were going to do? Not Absolutely at all. Not. It was oh, very yeah. accidental, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? I think because Hannah did English at university, was so a very natural writer and writes wonderfully. Um, so you had started a blog called yeah. The Life of Hannah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then... Um, you won't find it on the internet. And then this is when... I was going to say, I'm just <laughs> yeah. a little quick little Google search. <laughs> it didn't quite go viral. <laughs> um, and then I was studying um, sports biomedicine nutrition um, so I started a little Instagram page, started doing um, like just recipes and normally picking out a micronutrient and then talking about the micronutrient that was like part of the recipe. Um, and then Hannah persuaded me to move to London and then got uh, signed up to the London Marathon with about like 10, 12 weeks notice. <laughs> so what um, year was this? Twenty fifteen. <laughs> At this time, were you really into your into your exercise and fitness? Like, were you running? Were you? 
going to the gym. I think we met were probably at the lowest of our... Yeah, you were, you, you'd you kept up athletics and stuff. Um, I'd taken up drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I was still trying to do the athletics and the drinking. And, 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 and eating the Weight Watchers macaroni and cheese. That is a, that is a um, sport in itself, yeah, I'm going so to tell you that. Yeah, so I did, I did less, but we were running. Um, I do have like one very vivid memory of like, I guess it must have been almost the day. I was still in Hall, so it must have been first year. I was like, I should probably actually do some exercise. Like, I used to obviously run a lot when I was younger. I've had horses all my life, ridden from a very, very young age, so always been super active. Um, and I remember running 10 minutes out, like up the main road where my halls were. Like a horrific run, I don't know why I chose to run up literally the main road. Um, <laughs> and I remember getting to the 10 minutes and being like, I don't know how I'm gonna get home. Like I actually have no idea how I'm gonna get home. Yeah. I was probably really hungover and I was never like, you know, super overweight or anything like that. I was just really unfit. <laughs> wow. And look where we are five years later. Indeed. You, you guys sit down, you realise you've both sort of got this love of the fitness, the food, well-being. Where, what was the conversation where you both decided we should do something with well, this? Well, as I said, because Hannah had Life of Hannah and I had Clean Team. That was cool. <laughs> um, and, great name. Um, and basically our posts were starting to look identical because we were training together. I was cooking for Hannah. Um, and so it was basically the same. We're like, let's make a page together. And London Marathon. We thought, yeah. we'd, we thought we'd do like a... Cr- I don't know why we thought we were qualified to do a crash course in marathon training. Bearing in mind, I got injured about two weeks in. Um, but we decided to do a crash course in marathon training. What meaning like people should follow? It mean like documenting yeah. our yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like also at that time, that was when, you know, documenting challenges yeah. that you were doing in your life whether it was fitness whether it was food whether it was whatever you know yeah. makeup tutorials that was really taking yeah. on yeah. at that time wasn't yeah. it yeah. and and i think we we do say this a lot and people are always like no oh, no but we were lucky we were in the right place at the right time um we we came we came to london at a time where kind of fitness blogging was just about to sort of take off and so there was a small group of us many of which are you know sort of far bigger than us now um and, and were far bigger than us then even but we became this sort of really solid solid group of friends and all really supported each other and we were the people, the groups that were at all the events and that were working with the brands because we were all so interlinked and, and they still remain very good friends today but we were, we were kind of yeah. quite lucky in that we landed ourselves in a good spot and we were smart with events that we went to and brands that we spoke to and we were also so keen and so open, like we just wanted to be a part of the industry and even when we're making decisions now, we think back to us five years ago, you know, when we're making a decision for the Pacers or for our audience, we think back to us five years ago and like, I would have killed to do a social media takeaway for Pix peanut butter or, or like, you know, a granola brand or whatever. And we really put ourselves sort of in our shoes five years ago. And, and it was a really nice, it was really nice. Yes, we, you know, probably made some silly decisions and we promoted not bad stuff, but we, we train chest, for example. We're runners and we don't need our chest, you know, but we, every Thursday or whatever day, we would train chest and triceps because that's what everyone did. And we fell into sort of a bodybuilding style of training, which, like looking back on it, wasn't something that we either of us were super passionate about now. But it did it did help us kind of make take those steps. And it was never something we hated. We didn't do things we resented or worked with brands that we didn't believe in. We just weren't as I guess sure of ourselves and our brand as we are now. So quite soon into establishing Twice the Health, did you realise that you were onto something? Like you could see that there was a real potential for growth? Yeah, I think it kind of started when people used to like tag their best friend and I think that's what it kind of brought to us. I think 
it's difficult with social media because it can be really isolating and I take my hat off to anyone who does it on their own because it must be really difficult. Like, it's so nice to have someone you can bounce ideas off and really ground yourself back and be like, no, that's a really stupid idea. Um, and I think, yes, people start messaging me like, oh, like, I can't wait to go to the gym with my friend and try this. And I think taking someone with you to either on a run or a gym or whatever it is where it's a new experience where you feel intimidated and like you're not in the right place having someone there with so even if it goes wrong at least you can laugh with someone instead of just being like people are looking at you Absolutely. like what are you doing <laughs> i also think and and whether this is a pro or a con but we are both we are both people pleasers we like yeah. to make people happy like we are very both driven by that not you know blowing our own trumpet it's a good it's a good and a bad thing but i think we saw that people were getting positive experiences out of what we were doing, whether it was tasting the cake we made or doing the workouts that we did or wearing matching outfits, I'll come back in a bit later, but we, we really thrived off that. And I think we still do to this day. We joke about it all the time. Our, our kind of biggest priority with this business and, and where we put all of our energy in is we are runners. Now, it's the worst business model we've ever come up with because we spend X number of days a week on it and obviously we don't make any money from mm. it. But but that is, uh, maybe that's where the con comes in, but we really kind of fell into wanting to do more and please more people not even please them but you know enlighten more people inspire more people and i think that is why even to this day we hope and and we think that that our instagram doesn't necessarily fall into the negative parts of of what social media the negative effects social media can have because it does actually really just come from a really good place and we actually do just and if that means taking people out on free run clubs every single day of the week then that's what we're going to do there is no like yes, okay, aesthetics come with running. You know, we run a lot, we train a lot, we train hard, and we eat well-ish. Um, but, yeah, but <laughs> Which is good. <laughs> that really is just a side effect to everything that we've built over the last few years. And, and we say this, I think, every year. I feel like two years ago, we really started to find our feet and, and actually invest time into what we want. But I'd even say, you know, the next few months are going to be a massive mm -hmm. sort of learning curve for us but also I think we're like we are really establishing what we want to be now and we are really becoming not necessarily an author authority in terms of a knowledge base in the running world but as a as a hub in the in the running world which is what we want to be and and that is where I think the strength in the brand lies and where it will continue to grow but I, th I think that really is projected from your social even just from you know if you get the pleasure of meeting the girls <laughs> you know you there is that feeling of inclusivity it's like I don't feel like you do anything in a particularly patronizing manner that's like and I'm really quite good at sussing those kind of vibes out um, and we'll, we'll come to my um, connection to you guys in a minute but when I sort of was first introduced to you guys and I came to the first run club that was the one thing I took from it because actually you're talking about training with a friend I'm someone that absolutely despised training with people and the idea of running not only with one person but with a run club was beyond me and okay you know I joined the run club and, I, and, I've, and I've done quite a few bits with you guys but primarily when I was doing marathon and even on my day-to-day -day fitness journey everything is actually still by myself yeah. um, but there was obviously something pulling me back towards you guys and it was that feeling of actually they're coming from a good place and I don't feel like I'm being judged on anything regardless of my ability or the way I look or my ethos towards fitness and, and food so but interestingly and and you know spoiler alert but I'm quite similar in yeah. that like I really like my own company and and I I'm very easily stressed out like I make everything a really big flavor <laughs> when it's really not um but even like this week like I just I like I don't feel like I've had a moment by myself and that really stressed me out like I need one run a week by myself 
just so that I can just like and I probably oh, but am I thinking think that's but, so you know, important as well yeah, you but know then, from a mental state of yeah, mind but then actually and sometimes you know we all do it and there's there's no kind of shame in this but I'll get to let's say a Thursday evening and I'm like oh god I've got to go and mumble with people yeah. but then I get there and I, mm. I don't think twice about it and it is it is exactly the hour of my day that I needed without any shadow of a doubt but I think and, and then there don't, you know, there's any shame in in having in wanting to run by yourself wanting to run with a group and obviously we're so grateful to you and, and to everyone that comes and, and we're so proud that we can be that space. But I am, like, patron- like if someone patronises me, I can't. Like, yeah, I just, I've signed, I I've signed out. Yeah. I'm not coming back. Yeah. I'm not seeing you again. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't do emotions. <laughs> so obviously you guys have gone to uni. You've sort of, you know, you're, you're exercising, but you're also exercising the form of drinking yeah, and whatever yeah. and being students. So, but taking it further back, what was life like? For both of you growing up, you know, did you come from an environment where fitness and nutrition sort of played quite a big role? Yeah, we get asked this question. Hannah always says that we grew up outside, but it sounds like we grew <laughs> up like literally in a field. Um, but we were like, even though we yeah, we didn't meet till we were eighteen. Like I literally, literally was outside all the time. I'm very close to my sister. We're only fifteen months apart, and we used to literally be in the pool, in the field, whatever it was. We used to love inventing games with like two sports mixed together. Wow. So hockball was a good one. Whoa. Which is one one aside hockey, um, in long grass and wellies, but with a football because obviously otherwise the the this hockey is ball fabulous. gets stuck. It's very tiring. You should promote and this. This could be something. You. And the second best one was um, trampoline rugby. Again, also <laughs> great. So you have to stay on your knees for the whole thing. You have to try and... Normally the edges are like green and blue, so you'd either be a green or blue segment and you have to try and get the ball down. Also excellent. Also very tiring. Um, and yeah, anything my sister did, I wanted to do. So she was... She's a lot taller than me, so she was like great athletics when a young age. And so I wanted to be good at athletics. Then she tried high jump and I had to admit defeat there but um like yeah anything she did gymnastics I wanted to do it too so I guess I have her to also kind of owe to my and and with you Emily did food play quite a big part growing up yeah so my mum is a great cook and has always like let us be in the kitchen like be just peeling vegetables or whatever very inclusive and also I think we also baked a lot which I think gave me a great understanding of what went into so even though I was a loud cake I understood that, that much butter then that much sugar went in to make cake and I could see that with my own eyes instead of when you just buy something you don't actually not aware of what is in it um so yeah definitely like my mum's always yeah growing me up from cooking and from scratch. so what, what sort of dishes represent your childhood like what sort oh, of things like your real classic like like lasagna oh, my favorite um yeah um we used to have like grow quite a lot of veg like tomato soup and stuff that like be amazing that fabulous and you Hannah <laughs> Yeah, again, I grew up, I, I rode competitively horses um, wow. throughout my life, uh, literally from the age, like, from the age of two, literally I was on a horse, so, um, and all the way through, so I actually still kept one when I went to uni, um, which my mum quickly made me get rid of, because she realised that I wasn't going to come home every weekend from Cardiff, um, so, I, yeah, I grew up outside a lot, I was really, really active, we both did a lot of athletics when we were younger, um, and played a lot of, kind of, team sports or whatever at school, um, I weirdly again like my mum was always had us in the kitchen she is a very good cook um, she loved having the kitchen as kind of the hub of the house and we'd all be in there all the time um, I didn't you know continue the cooking vibe <laughs> which she's forever disappointed mm-hmm. in and I think part of that came from the fact 
I University Emily cooked for me, so that was that. <laughs> you're such um, a good friend. Yeah. I love that. I um, love I do really yeah. love cooking. <laughs> and I got a little bit better towards yeah. the end. Um, there was one meal that was shocking. I <laughs> tried to cook my boyfriend uh, chicken and potatoes and peas, and the only thing that was cooked was the peas. Oh no! Yeah. And even that was how? Yeah, how? No how idea. did the, how was the chicken not? Cooked? I don't know. <laughs> it was probably in the oven for about twelve hours as well. <laughs> Honestly, it was awful. And he was a really good cook. Like, Alex yeah. could cook. And I remember being like, I'm so sorry. He was like, it literally what? couldn't have gone more wrong. And I was yeah. like, it was like three. She didn't even try and make a sauce or anything. It was literally like cooking oh, three wonderful. individual bits yeah. of food. It was like really dr- like gross. And probably like Tesco's like own chicken or whatever. Anyway. I always feel like the first dish that you cook for a guy is always involves chicken for some reason. Yeah. You, you just <laughs> remind me of the first dish I cooked an ex-boyfriend. And it was the most horrendous. I just, I thought I'd get really jazzy and shut up. Chot, um, chot up, uh, chop up all the chicken breasts and then put it into a ready-made one of those awful Dolmio like yeah. <laughs> pasta sauces with penne and I was trying to be really fancy with like doing a bit al dente but it was more raw than al dente <laughs> and it was just shocking I mean but you try I try listen A for effort exactly. eh? <laughs> yeah. and then I think the rest like my sort of most vivid food memories which my mum would kill me saying this because she did cook really delicious healthy food but you know every Saturday and Sunday we were in the horse box by 4am we were on our way to Wales or Scotland or wherever so she'd always make incredible bacon and sausage sandwiches in English muffins and then she'd wrap them in tin foil like so that she could take them into the horse box and then we'd all have them while we were on the road and I always remember like the butter would have melted and they were like oh. a bit kind of greasy just because you know, they'd been wrapped in tin foil than that. I'm sorry. Oh. and it was it was my you know it was what I almost like looked forward to and I woke up in the morning and I'd pull my jumpers and pack all my stuff into the lorry and load the horses and so I would have would have been out the house from 4am till 6 by the time we actually got on the road and I'd literally just be like dreaming of this Bacon and sausage sandwich. So, so were you riding competitively? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Um, not anything as exciting as you might think. Um, I did showing, uh, which is essentially how pretty can you look and how well-bred yeah. is your horse. Um, but yeah, I did it I did it relatively competitively, well, really competitively, yeah. I rode for producers all around the UK, which is why we were kind of all over the place. For most of my kind of competitive riding, um, our horses were produced in Kent and I lived in Windsor so we'd be at Windsor we'd be in Kent four or five times a week um, after school or I'd stay up there that night ride before school drive down um, so yeah a lot uh, and so that was kind of that was essentially the bread and butter to, <laughs> to what I did and, and were you guys really into sports at school which I'm just interested to ask because I hated school oh I used yeah. to forge notes on my mum to get me, get me out I mean to be fair because I was always the tallest I managed to be able to place myself as goal shooter in netball uh. and technically goal shooter doesn't really move around much yeah so I would just stay there looking pretty at one end just wait for the ball and then Victory, sort of, yeah. yeah it's all done and you, and you get all the glory yeah yeah uh, but like, no I used to hate really yeah, looking back sports. like almost like 90% of my memories from school are sport and I lit I was that person who just loved it and I, I was that really annoying person um and even the sports that I wasn't good at, I just wanted to, to mm. take part in. Um, but yeah, athletics was my my main one. That's what I did kind of up to English schools um, and cross country again. So that's what we would have competed against each other uh, eight hundred yeah. and cross country and but before we met. Uh, so wait, so you counties. would you would have competed? Yeah, we have no memory, but we yeah. definitely would have. Oh, so you've probably you seen like, you've yeah. probably met yeah. each other. Yeah. It's I like serendipity or sliding <laughs> doors. I wasn't as good as Emily, so uh, we might not have met. You know, quite well, as I wasn't on a horse at four. Yeah, quite as close <laughs> as we thought. But I did play a lot of sport at school, and um, I wasn't super fussed by like hockey. Um, that was my, that was my. Where it was worse. cold. 
Um, I did play netball, but luckily at our school, um, you basically, if you were good at a sport, then that's what you did. And I mean, I'm sure if you really kicked up a fuss, you could have not done it, but it meant that I was basically running most of the time and, and playing netball. Um, I did enjoy netball. My school was quite sporty, I guess, so that was good. But yeah, I have really good memories of, of sports days and, and playing sports. To be fair, I did. I mean, I, I'm sort of being um, hypocritical. I did. Playing, well, no, I did actually quite like a sports day. And actually, funnily <laughs> oh, enough, yeah. now you're you're bringing back all the nostalgic memories. <laughs> but I do actually remember winning a lot of medals for sprinting. Great. Well, that's what I always think my calling is. But we'll, we'll get to that <laughs> in a minute. Marathons. Yeah, exactly. I'm, yeah, I pretty much have. But anyway, we'll talk about that also in a second. Um, so back to creating twice to help. You sort of embark on this journey and this was obviously 2015 at which point did you realize that things really were taking off and that this was what you were going to throw both of yourselves into I guess like like properly like the last two years but I'd say three years ago we started to think it was kind of possible yeah and then about two years ago then we were like okay yeah this can probably and then you know I know that you sort of it's all encompassing in terms of fitness food but you know you guys are the poster girls of running. <laughs> what is it about running that you love so much? Um, I, I mean, there's, there's numerous things, and, and but also those things have changed and evolved. Um, at, at a point for me, it was it was Headspace. Um, I'm very, like, we always sort of say that running definitely, we're both very lucky in that we've never really suffered with any mental health issues or, or anything kind of along those lines, but I'd say that running plays a big part in that. Because it is headspace, and that whether I'm running with M or, or running by myself or running with a group, it is a chance to clear your head. Our jobs are are to be on our phone or in front of a screen, so to be away from that is really really nice. Um, I'm competitive, very competitive. Um, and, and it's a great sport to be competitive <laughs> in. <laughs> and and we're not the best runners in the world, but we're we're relatively strong runners, so it definitely does kind of fulfil my competitive side. Um, the adventure side of it, we've got to travel to some really really cool places. Um, but I guess the biggest one for us for us now is, is the people we've met. Yeah. You know, we, we look back two years ago and and then hopefully they'll listen and they'll hear this, but the kind of Laura's and the Esther's and the Naomi's and the U's and the Tamers and the Katie's, we didn't know these people from Adam two years ago. They came to our run club and we met them once a week and I probably didn't probably forgot their name, you know, I'm terrible with that. But now they are like, you know, they're probably going to be my bridesmaids and yeah. they're like my best mates and yeah. they're the people I spend all of my time with. Mm. Like, that is mad. I'm not engaged, but eventually it will be. So, you might have an excuse for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, he doesn't know yet. Valentine's <laughs> yeah. Day's coming. It's a leap year. Um, <laughs> don't tempt him. Um, but, but they are now, they're my closest friends and they're the people I spend all my time with and give all my energy to. and... And yes, I'm still close to my school friends and everything, but it's a totally different relationship. You are just so on the same wavelength. And I know they say you should spend lots of time with people with different interests. And yeah, I do, but you know, we can sit here for hours and, and either not talk or talk continuously and eat and share stories and, and no one's going to judge you for being obsessed with running and no one's going to judge you for wanting to get an early night because you want to be up and run 20 miles in the morning. Like They have become our really close friends and I think... That is kind of what I but am I the most But I think that's running. wonderful that you, out of creating something that is now your, your job and your career, you've created this beautiful community that you can call friends yeah. and, you know, what amazing relationships have come out of that. And also watching people. Like, we've got some people, and I won't name them because they'll <laughs> kill me, but I remember them coming to Run Cup and they didn't talk to one person, not a single soul. And they were te- you could see in their eyes they were terrified and... And they were really shy and really unsure of themselves. 
And these guys now have their own fitness Instagram pages and they're leading run clubs and they're doing talks and they're, you know, they are Even really... Even the beginning of run club, they have to announce like yeah. 20 plus people and Amazing. talk to a group and... And they are just totally guys. different people. So, so because, because of the encouragement I yeah. think that you guys give as well is that it, it you know it allows someone to sort of be a little bit more confident about themselves you know because it is a very non-judgmental environment which i exactly which i think is really important because i think running can come with a bit of judgment at Mm. times from other not you guys but from other people you know oh you know i remember when i started my marathon well when i sorry when i ran the marathon some of the questions were like the first questions from certain people so what was your time oh yeah and you know what that actually really irritated me mm. because you know what i ran a marathon yeah, yeah. I ran okay i ran 26.2 miles which no offense you're never going to yeah. run. yeah yeah i my time means nothing to you and it might mean something to me it might not yeah. but that means it's just a number it doesn't matter normally in that situation i'm like do you know like what an average marathon time is and they're like no then i'm like uh i did it in two hours 15 <laughs> like yeah. i'll just I'll just completely lie. I'll be like yeah. seven. Like yeah. I just get them like yeah. eight numbers. I'm like, what are you gonna do with this information? You don't even know what a good time is or what a bad, even if there is such no, a thing. Absolutely. But like, and it's also you know we t- we do sort of not preach, but talk a lot about um, how we don't really share our times. And that's not because we don't have time goals or not because we don't believe in time goals. It's not because we think they're a negative thing. It's just because it doesn't matter. And and last year we well, both of us spent a lot of our year training for ultra marathons. And and no one, no one asks your time. Like, one, because they don't think they have any idea. You can't put it into perspective. You have no idea whether it was up a mountain, through a desert, along a river, you know, along the River Thames. But no one asks. And time goals, as I said, aren't a negative thing. They're actually quite a positive thing. I'm, I'm chasing a time goal right now, and you don't need to know what that time goal mm. is. You don't even, I mean, she obviously does, but you don't need to know <laughs> yeah. what that time goal is. The only person that really needs to know that time goal, if it is a goal, is me. And, and I can see why it's addictive and I can see why people chase times. God, I've fallen into it a million times. I've probably fallen into it every Saturday when I go to park run. And there is nothing wrong with that as long as you are not judging the person next to you, the person in front of you, the person behind you. Because it doesn't matter. But it's also relative. Yeah, it's you know, a goal. Like, okay, yeah, of course I went into the marathon with a time goal, but equally I'd never run a marathon yeah. before. So my idea of a time goal was not going to be your time goal. It yeah. wasn't going to be your time goal. It wasn't... And, and your time goal is not going to be my... I mean, I'd love to have your time goal. I don't know what it is, but I can imagine. It's also important you know, for your training, though, because you need to go in with a, a pace. And, like, so people, like, even I'll say, I'd be like, that I don't really care about the time, but I'm assuming it's going to be between these time brackets, so therefore I know I need to run at roughly this pace. Like, it is an important part of running. And as you said, so, like, what do we get from it? I think it's just the simplicity of it. Like, obviously getting the right shoes is like a key part but you can literally just pull on a pair of shoes you can go at any time of day you can literally go anywhere you can either run slow and stop and take photos or you can go out and like blast yourself to your lungs hurt and you're like legs are screaming at you you can stop and take a breath and like jog home like you, you can literally just or you can go with a friend you can go on your own whatever but it's just it's so simple and you but you let you get so much from it and everyone's fast and slow is different and that's not even linking it to time goals that's just everyone has their own pace and that is your pace and if you want to speed that up if you want to slow that down that's cool it's still running it doesn't make it any more or any less running Mm. well i guess also we're just built differently as well you know and you get enjoyment out of different things like i do not and much to my coach's dismay at the moment (laughs) i don't really enjoy and not even don't really enjoy but i have no interest in going past about 80 percent of my max capacity and if i'm going to 80 percent, it's probably for 15 minutes max 
I have absolutely, I know some people, and there's nothing wrong with this, again, love training until, like I said, your lungs are screaming, your legs are screaming, you're collapsed on the floor. I have absolutely no desire to go there. And that's fine. Like, that doesn't make me any less of a runner than it makes Emma a runner. It makes you a runner. It's just different, like, way people enjoy training. It's mm. different, just like some people enjoy CrossFit. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that you've both embarked on, and I'm not sure if you are embarking on this year, um, ultramarathons. For people that don't know what that is, what is an ultramarathon? Is it? They're both very eager. <laughs> it is anything over a marathon. Over a marathon. So be that 43 kilometres. Mm. 87 kilometers 250 kilometers whatever that might be most people kind of say 50 and over just because yeah. like a mar- normally when you run a marathon you run slightly over a marathon due to zigzagging and yeah. stuff so and are you embarking on any ultra marathons this year yes and what are I'm you not. <laughs> what it, so <laughs> hannah you did so i did two last year um yes i'll i'll clear this out before we go any further but yes she'll bring <laughs> it, it up clearing up um we made a deal last year i really wanted to run 100 kilometers in one go um i I'm quite good. My my sort of only strength in running lies in in being able to just keep going uh, very steadily. But I can gen- generally keep plodding along. Um, I'm quite resilient. I'm very stubborn, and I'm very competitive with myself. So all of those kind of play into the fact that I can usually like keep going like a donkey, <laughs> exactly like a donkey. Um, I move at about the same speed as a donkey as well. Um, so do I. Do I. <laughs> and so so we. I convinced Emily that to run this 100 kilometer with me and, and it, it wasn't something you necessarily were leaping at the thought of doing but it was kind of a cool thing to tick off and, and a challenge that you were kind of willing to accept uh, on the basis that Emily is very very she'll say she's she not but Emily is this. very strong across run bike and swim like one of those annoying people who's just really good at all of them like you know when they're like she's, which one are you, Emily. she's really pep talking it's <laughs> no, not she, true honestly you're like which one I are you good you're at you're like which one are you good at and she's like oh well quite like this one quite like this one She's really good at all three. So <laughs> I decided that Emily should do an Ironman because she did a half Ironman last year, smashed her, t- t- she had a time goal. She didn't do the half Ironman with me because she's like, if I do a half, I won't do a full. Yeah, and I, I want, she wants to, like, do I want Ironman. to do a full, was yeah. her yeah. exact words. Um, but Emily went into the Ironman with a, with a time goal and, and knocked an hour and a half off it without too much wow. thought, which is a lot. Mm. Um, so I decided that Emily should do a full Ironman. So I was like, tell you what, we'll do the 100k this year and then I'll do the full Ironman with you next year. Um, I th- we did Race to the Stones, which was 100 kilometres. And I had the time of my life. Like, I just, I And sung, Race to the I Stones, because I remember following that journey, sort of, ha- over how many days are you, you're running 100 kilometres in one, in one day. day. Yeah, mm. so it took us 12 hours. And so are you stopping at all? There's, For like yeah. a minute or two at aid stations, there's minimum just time Just to like refill possible. water. But you'll walk wee, while you your eat. Nose. Wow. And you'll walk up the hill. And how many people are competing on something like that? It was a lot, lot. actually. Threshold is, is an incredible, incredible race series. And, and if anyone doesn't know who they are and are thinking about doing an ultramarathon, please, please do check them out. But yeah, I, I couldn't give you an example. But it is you can do it over two days and you can camp in the middle or you can just do a 50. There's people that walk it. Like it yeah. is... From wow. every single spectrum. I mean, we can't have been. We, we were sort of top ten ladies. Wait, like it would be so much harder. Yeah, oh, you'd be out for hours. <laughs> yeah, but that sort of does show that it is a really competitive field. But if we were in the top ten, it's not. It's not kind of elite. But that is the beauty of them. Um, so we did that. It was it was 100 kilometers, which is 62 miles. Um, and over I was one literally day. skipping. We got to 80k and there was a big hill, and I was like, I'm walking this. And she was like skipping next to me, like, Oh, we're nearly at the top. And I was like, oh, we're nearly at the top. <laughs> <laughs> and so, sorry to interrupt, just because I, I'm just I, I'm just sort of sitting here with my mouth open. I mean, I do know that you did it, but I just I'm in such awe. Do you? Because for me, embarking on the marathon journey, you know, that for me was just the 
ultimate challenge for someone who came from childhood wise incredibly unfit and was quite overweight as a child and sort of went on my fitness journey from about 18 19 onwards and never I would laugh at you if you ever even put the word marathon in front of me but when I got into the into the process and the journey it was very much I realized mind over matter so when you're embarking on something like 100k Knowing how you feel after a marathon, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys probably just sort of skip along afterwards. Oh, no. and be like, should we just do it again? <laughs> um, but how do you prepare yourself mentally for something like that? Yeah, I think as you said, it's all relative. Like our first marathon we did in 2015, when I had Hannah signed that up, I immediately think it was panic. I'd done one half marathon. Um, actually, I've done two. But anyway, coming from 800, 1500 meter cross country, like 5k was like a lot. I thought we went out and did a 5k. I was like, Phew, look at me go, 5k. <laughs> I remember doing a 10k and and making some, yeah. myself a milkshake with a whole pack of Oreos. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, I was like, I need this. Yeah, because <laughs> we were like, it's a really long way. So it is all like, even, and we yeah. were like, we loved running, but 5 and 10k were like, pat myself on the back. I'm like, mm. really far. Um, so it just it starts to warp your sense of normal the further and further you go. But how I mean, how are you so, feeling the night before, knowing that you're about to put your body to the ultimate the test? Way. Not, and, and I don't know whether this is just the way my brain works, but I'll be more nervous going to bed tonight to do my track session because mm. that's my uncomfortable. Whereas I could walk in this ultra. People do walk. We did walk. You know, you're not. You're never at breaking point, or, or yeah. for, certainly for me, how I see it. You're never at the point where you literally cannot take another step. With ultramarathons, if you just keep putting one foot in front of the other, you will get to the end. And whether that's walking, whether that's running, whether that's hopping, you know, you will get to the end. So I think, although, yes, it was daunting, and I do remember sort of when we when we parked and walked getting out of the car, being like, I'm about to run 62 miles. Like, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be a bit, like, bored driving that. You know, like, and that was scary. And I remember getting to the 30K mark, because I remember you saying to me, like, oh, I feel a bit, like, I'm actually a bit, you know, this is my low. And, oh, yeah, sorry. Um, that, this is kind of my low, and I'm thinking, oh, God, we've got 70 kilometres left. Like, yeah. that's a lot. Um, but, yeah, like I said, your perception of normal is warped. It's a very different environment to the marathon. It's a very supported environment. And I think it's what part of what kind of had me jumping at the bit to do more. And I was like, no. <laughs> so you do the 100 kilometre. And then both you both it. did the 100 and kilometre. And then we kilometer. got invited to the Jordan thing. And I was like, I just died doing 100 <laughs> kilometres. I was like, I'm out for the rest of the year. And, and, and I was what, like, sure. And explain what you did in Jordan. Because she, she, she wasn't going on a holiday, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Jordan was a 250 kilometre multi-stage ultramarathon across the Wadi Rum Desert. Um, in five days. In five days, yeah. So we had 40, 50, 70, 50, 40, around that oh, kilometre. Right. So why don't they split it up equally? I think just so you have that long day. Yeah, and also then when you're on the way down, it doesn't seem as bad. Um, and it was, an, it was an absolutely life-changing experience for me. I, I actually, we got asked to do it. I said no um, on behalf of both of us, basically. Uh, and then something was drawing me to this kind of race and and this community that I could see Ultrax had created and the more I thought about it the more I wanted to do it and this was still before we'd run the 100 kilometers so when I approached my coach without telling Emily I didn't I still Emily at this point thought I didn't want to do it um I I said to him do you think it's even possible you know this is four months after after the 100k and he said it's possible I'd, I'd actually like it would be easier to recover you properly and then bring you back up from a very solid base then bring you all the way back down and try and prepare you for this again next year if you do want to do it but he said do do um 
Race to the Stones first. Because if you hate Race to the Stones, you've got to do that twice um, and a bit more. Mm. So Oh, it's only 50k, Hannah. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Snap that out of it. Um, yeah. And, and so we did the the um threshold we did race the stones and and that was it you know that was that was my like i really really enjoyed it and so when we were on a call with our coach about a week after race the stones and he was saying so what what's for the rest of the year and i said to emily i think i want to do the desert um i've got a space i know it's it's not a huge amount of time but i think i think i can do it i feel good i came out of race the stones with no niggles i also came out of race the stones not completely exhausted not completely knackered I think I had a really good race um I obviously enjoyed it which makes a big difference and so and so I I I signed myself up and began the sort of training journey and I had the best training sort of journey for the desert I I how long did you train for for something like that so uh three months straight on obviously so I guess I guess that was part of it in a way um actually two two and a bit months really Um, but I was obviously very fit. I'd yeah. had a, a big block of. I'd been training for the ultramarathon since January, so I, I was in a really good place. And, and as long as I hadn't picked up an injury, we knew that. And I didn't. Um, and and I just had such a good training block. I had one run where it was really hot. Um, and I think the reason I freaked myself out about it so much because it wasn't even nearly as hot as it was going to be in the desert. But I just got a bit hot and flustered. But other than that, I just loved it. I was out for hours every weekend. A lot of it by myself. Um, sort of at least half of the run I guess each week I'd do by myself because Em would usually run half the run with me and then get the train home or whatever and, yeah, and, I'd, and I'd continue <laughs> um, but I absolutely loved it and I cannot we actually went to the premiere of the kind of screening for Jordan last night and y- you can't put it into words you really can't I can try my best and I can say it's incredible I can say it's amazing but it is like nothing you'll ever do you know the community you're camping there's no toilets no showers you're allowed 12 kilograms of luggage. Um, and one night there's no campsite, you just sleep under the stars. Wow. And you become this incredible family. And you have the 4 a.m. breakfast club where everyone's trying to shovel down thousands of calories, you know, before they head out on this big run. And what are you, so what would you be eating for so something like this? <laughs> nothing you want to try again. No, no. <laughs> so like nothing you want to feature on Christmas. Astro- astronaut food or something <laughs> like freeze dried. Freeze dried. Because you've got to carry everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, it, it's freeze dried food. I had, I had, I did actually toast a load of bagels and brought them out for the first day because that was my home comfort. But after that, it was porridge, and I'll never eat porridge again. I can tell you that for free. <laughs> really? um, because it, it was just, you were honestly shoveling. You were burning five, 6,000 calories a day, especially based, based on the fact it's 47 degrees. Um, and you're out for, the long day I was out for 12 hours, the shortest I was out for was five. Oh, no, the last day was out four and a half. Um, but it's not just that, you're, you're traipsing through thick sand. So it is tough, like it's tough on the legs. And so, so you were I just assume eating. actually a lot of it then, you're probably climbing up sand dunes. Mm. I mean, this is not just, you're not on a track. No, you know. no, no. I was, there is was a famous, famous sort of point in the race and it was the fourth day and it was a 45 kilometre day, I think. And the last checkpoint, you could either literally like it's like this, the sand dunes like That's this, not and the checkpoint the people here, on the, uh... or you can go like this round. And Do you I want to round... verbally describe that. So you're on a. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> so it's like a vertical, literally like sand wall. dune. Yeah, sand wall. And the aid station was at the top, or you could take yourself an extra fifty meters round and walk up and up like a less steep ramp, and 
I was running with a guy called James who I ran with for most of the week who absolutely saved my butt on multiple occasions and I decided to crawl up no the vertical way. sand dune. Um, James made it to the top about three minutes before <laughs> I did based on the fact mine was obviously a much... I was much closer to the sand dune and I got basically almost to the top and the guys just like grabbed my arms and just pulled me up <laughs> because I couldn't get up. And then actually blessing in disguise they pointed at the campsite and it was only 3k away as opposed to like seven so I was very very happy about that but yeah it was it was a tough challenge and but just absolutely completely life-changing I'm not a camper I love luxury you are literally going to the toilet in a tent with, yeah. a, with a hole in the ground like it's it's a hot box of, of crap basically <laughs> um and but you get in every single day there is doctors there is osteos Every single member of the camp who's in already has given you a hug. My best mate who was there was setting up my bed before I'd even got home because she's a champion and she was running way faster than I was. Um, but there is just such... An, and people are chopping up, chopping up oranges and everyone's sat around and it's just the most incredible experience and definitely one that, that I will, will relive this and year. I can imagine quite emotional yeah. at times. I'm not an emotional person and the only time... <laughs> yeah, the only time I get really sort of upset is if I'm angry at myself now it's very difficult to be angry at yourself when you realize what you're putting yourself through but there was definitely moments the long day I had a great time till about 50k honestly legs felt great we ran loads of it we were making really good time and and then it just it got to midday and it's 47 degrees and there is no shade you are completely out in the open and Five kilometres isn't half an hour. Five kilometres is an hour or an hour and ten minutes. Wow. So it's it's a long time because you're just trudging. And I remember, and James is, a, is probably a much stronger runner than me over a short distance, but over the longer distance, we were quite evenly matched until the last day when he left me for dust. But, um, <laughs> and Each of our own on that last day, <laughs> hey? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was doing. And I had quite a strong day on the last day as well. It's a bit of a sunbathe. I'd yeah. get out of sun lounger, a little bit of sun, sun oil. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Um, and I remember us both, and we, we still had about 17 kilometres-ish to go. And in hindsight, once we knew how long it was, and um, and we sat under this plant, and it must have been <laughs> literally no bigger than you know half my body, a bunch of flowers, and um, and we were just trying to get some shade, and we were, and he was like, I like the next seven, like how are we gonna do it? He was like, we will do it, but I just honestly cannot see in my head right now how I can possibly keep going for another four hours. It's like there's nothing. The sand was you know a foot deep. It was just relentless heat. And, and I can't remember a time, which sounds awful, but where I've really, really struggled with my running, like, because I don't really like going above 80%. And, but I remember at that point, that that's probably the first time in five, six years where I've thought, I don't know if I'm going to get, if I'm going to be able to, you know, I'm so stubborn that I knew I would finish the race. And, and I, the, I said to Emily before I went out, the only reason I will pull out is if I'm injured because it is not worth a, a long-term injury but I will not pull out just because I'm having a hard time. And I knew I wouldn't, but it, it's the first time in a long time I've doubted my, my body. Really? <laughs> and That's I think really it was the heat. Yeah. And also you get to a point where you just don't want to eat. Like I did quite a good job of it. And I do pay, like think that's why I, I had such a good race. I did have a good race. That's the only time I can really think where I thought, God, this is really hard. And I did, I was good at eating, but you do get to a point 10 hours in when it's beating with sunshine, all you've got is a 
banana flapjack and that is the last thing tell you me want. what you would so just give me a day of what you would eat sure. for, for, for something like that because so we'll, go, we'll do the long day because it's the most interesting yeah <laughs> um so i get up in the morning and i'd have about a thousand calories worth of porridge from what we kind wow. of measured out from from portion sizes um and i would take about an hour to eat that so you'd get up on the long day we started the race at 4 a.m so i got up at two and i had breakfast and took on as much as I possibly could um, and then you'd start eating about an hour in just because you needed to um, and so I had a mixture of flapjacks, I had some Nairn's oat cakes, I had sachets of peanut butter, I had maple roasted nuts, um, I didn't take enough salty stuff which was a big failure on my part. So you're sweating that all yeah. out. And also just you don't want sweet. Yeah. Um, James had these like caffeine bullets which I needed to get like they were an absolute godsend. Um, and then I also had some cliff blocks. Um, which That's what got me through my marathon. Yeah. yeah. And I actually I found some the other day in the back of my cupboard and I nearly wanted to like <laughs> like punch a wall I was like if I see those little chewy blocks ever again <laughs> especially the margarita flavour oh, which yeah. seemed to be my favourite at the yeah, time yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they're great exactly because it's that salty yeah but they did pick me up uh, uh, in the sort of long stage and so then you obviously didn't really have lunch because you're out for 12 hours so we, we started at 4am um, so I just literally snacked every hour took on as much as I could are you carrying water? Yeah, but there's also aid stations every sort of 10 to 15 kilometres, so you can pick up food. They also had some fresh fruit and stuff occasionally, um, and electrolytes. And then once you get back, you make a dehydrated meal, sort of as soon as you walk in. You baby wipe yourself and get into your kind of like sleeping clothes, essentially. Um, and and it's just an eating game from there on out. You get on as much as you can. Like yeah. You'd have try and have two dehydrated meals if you could. And what, what, what are these dehydrated meals? Mine was meals? penne a la bolognese. Oh, yeah. lovely. And a five-spice chicken. Actually quite yum. Like, R- I couldn't yeah, I them. kind of, sort of like very soft pasta. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comfort food. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Baby food. Yeah, pr- pretty much, yeah. And so I'd have that. And, and then you would literally get into your sleeping bag from the moment you could sit down, not move, uh, until you needed to pee or whatever. And... And eat. So I'd have shakes, I'd have more snacks, more flapjacks, and then you'd go to sleep at 6.30. I actually felt quite emotional watching your journey, because something that... So I'm just going to explain to everyone how I met you guys, Mm -hmm. because I want to come back a little bit to your run clubs and and, and that side of things. Uh, When I decided to run the marathon, I decided the November before right at the end and I sort of decided to announce it because I thought I was an influencer um, <laughs> on my Instagram because obviously all my fans needed to know what I was barking yeah. on um, and I had really really mixed responses majority were really encouraging and like this is incredible I can't believe you're doing it you're mad but you're amazing and I had a few people who were like I'm not sure you should do this uh, I think it's going to take a huge toll of your body um, it was also just so happened to be the coming year of my wedding. <laughs> but I also saw it as part of my journey, yeah. you know. So anyway, around the Christmas, I started my training. And I stupidly... And, and just to let you know that to, for people, I was a runner. I, I exercise too much. I have a bit of a situation. <laughs> that's what we can talk about for a separate podcast <laughs> with, 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 a, with a therapist. Um, but, you know, I love going to the yeah. gym. I exercise every day because for me, it's my mental health. It's feeling good about myself. My body feels better. I feel more awake because I train first thing in the morning. But I was a 5K runner once or twice a week, probably once. 
And my friend said to me, when I, because I then started trying to look at these plans, because I just thought, oh, okay, I'll just run every day and just add a kilometre on and just see what happens. And she was like, look, you should look at these two girls on Instagram. They're called Twice the Health. They do a run club. And I thought, oh, no, not interested, not doing run clubs. <laughs> don't like running with people. Don't like compete, feeling yeah. like I'm competing yeah. against people. She said, just look at it, you know, just see what it's all about. So I came along, and I think it was your first one in the January um, at the Lululemon store in Regent Street. And I came along and I went on this run and I sort of came back to the store and I was so exhilarated. And I just thought, not only have I actually run faster, I think it was an 8K run, but I realized I can actually talk and run, which <laughs> I think is a real art form. Yeah, um, and I remember speaking to one of you saying, because I know that you were, at that time you were talking about branching it out, I think, to uh, Lululemon yeah. Westfield. And I said, well, I, you know, I live around the corner and um, I've been a bit lax at the moment, but um, you know, <laughs> okay, I've, got, right. I've got to work. And, and the, the rest is pretty much history. But one thing that happened to me during my, 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 trip, my marathon journey was I used to cry a lot on my runs. And I don't know if that may have stemmed from my childhood of being so unfit and never really loving myself and then embarking on the journey that I never, ever in a million years thought I would do. <laughs> but you were talking about headspace. And it, that was why I had to do it alone because this was my journey. And I would do, I, would, I used to run the river and I remember there were a couple of times where I was sort of, I remember I did my first 20K and I found myself in the middle of nowhere in Richmond. I don't know where I was. I put, my phone was about to die. I'd listened to every podcast. I was sobbing and all these people were looking at me and I was just like, I can't believe I've just run 20K. I don't know where I am. Like, I need help. I had to call Leo, my husband, to come pick me up from somewhere. I couldn't feel my legs. And then obviously then you're thinking, oh God, I've got to double that now. Um, but... That was, that's why I ask you, because that was one thing that I really got from the journey, um, was that I released a lot of whatever it was that I was holding on Building for so up. many years. But then when I would come to the run clubs, I, I left just feeling so happy and proud of myself. You know, it's very difficult, especially at this time of the year in winter, to get yourself out yeah. for a yeah. run, even if you're not training for something. Yeah. You know? I mean, both and those aspects of running are so important because I completely feel you on, on both sides. Sometimes I want to run on my own. Sometimes you, you do feel like it's weird, weird, like you just want to cry for no Euphoria. reason. Euphoria. Maybe because you're proud, maybe because yeah. you just, whatever. And so, those runs are just as important as then also running with the community and like putting your smile, smile back on your face. Because sometimes, because I work from home most of the time on my own, and I literally won't see anyone. I'll be like, oh, I've got to commute now into yeah. the middle of London I've to got go to, be to in a run civilization. Club. And then I've got that horrible commute, like a rush hour back in. I don't need to do the commute. And I'm like, oh, God, run club. And then I'm like, oh, I come on my home. And I'm like, that's so nice. I actually like, spoke to people today. Yeah. And you actually have a proper conversation when you run next to someone. You have to stare them in the face. Absolutely. Because that can be really intimidating. And I've had. I've probably asked people way too many personal questions on Run Cover. You have proper, like, in-depth conversations yeah, with people. That's what I... But that's... I think that's really lovely. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like... It is a bit of a therapy it's session less daunting. in a way. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. And also, it's quite nice talking to someone that you don't probably know very well yeah. and telling your whole life story. And knows nothing you know. about you. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's quite nice. Totally. So talk to me about why you wanted to set up We Are Runners. What is We Are Runners? 
We Are Runners is a free run club. Um, we run them inside of London and outside of London. Um, they are run by an incredible team of places like yourself who are... I've been a bit lax. I can't <laughs> take the credit right now, but I am, I am coming back. I'm coming place, back. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're an incredible group of, of friends and people that we've met through the run club who do basically run the show now. And, and we're getting better at it, but, but the, the kind of goal is for us to be able to step back a little bit more um, so that we can put time into creating events and, and retreats and, and experiences for people in those run clubs that don't necessarily require us to be there all the time. Um, and so, yeah, it's a completely free run club. We run them every single day of the week, apart from Friday and Saturday and Sunday at the moment, but obviously Saturdays are coming back. And they basically just provide a safe, happy space for people to come and be social and run and talk to like-minded people and be inspired by like-minded people and connect with cool people. What are your sort of pre-run food? Well, what's your system? What I, do you like to eat before a run? I hate food is around running. Yeah. Weirdly, <laughs> I, really I actually struggle don't with like it. it. Yeah. And even like when I, I know I can do that distance, I get like, even though I don't feel nervous, I get like nervous stomach and I just don't want to eat in the morning of a run. So I normally soak my oats overnight so they're very easy to eat. Um, and also I found, I think, again, I just had so much porridge throughout pre-run that I just can't look at it. Um, so yeah, I soak my oats and I normally have peanut butter, honey and a chopped banana. Just like super simple. But you're also trying to get in all your slow-releasing yeah, carbs exactly. and your good fats. And... Yeah, and it's like, so yeah, you've got obviously slow-releasing carbs from your oats, quick-release carbs from a little bit of honey on top, um, bananas kind of halfway between the two and then some fats from the um, peanut butter. And also it's like a really temperature-safe meal so I make mine just with water so it means that if I want to leave it out overnight or chuck it in a bag I've got to get to a run and like I don't need to worry about it. I can pretty much mix that drive so apart from a banana and t- chuck it in my bag and go on holiday and I know I've got it with me um so it's just super easy to travel with as well and post run what do you I mean does anything I mean, go it, at that it's, point it's kind of anything goes again like it depends on if you're more of a like 90% of the population were mainly carbohydrate like people but if obviously if you're a bit more fat dominant that will change a bit but you want to as long as it's something you're going to eat is the main priority um and you want to be getting your complex carbohydrates and some protein in so complex carbohydrates to uh, replenish your energy stores and the protein to start um fixing the damage that you've done yeah. to your even though obviously any form of activity is good for you but you are causing microscopic damage um which is when you fix and heal that which is what makes you better faster stronger and <laughs> so on and so forth <laughs> and then sort of day to day are you guys quite strict about your nutrition obviously you're exercising you know most days yeah um are you quite lenient about what yeah, you eat we, we, i say like we do eat well just because like we like i'm gonna do inverted healthy food yeah. um so like almost our meals and we, like we do love food so we always we focus on having like lots of veggies and complex carbs yeah. and um, either meat or veggie based protein um, but like we do love our cake that's like yeah. where our little vice comes in but our day to day like actual meals we do eat very well yeah our meals are very healthy I have a really really sweet tooth um, and I could eat sweet all day um, I try not to all the time <laughs> um, but I actually I mean diet's got worse it's probably the wrong, wrong way but since running more and training for things like ultra marathons I'm quite a little person and a lot of the time for me is about getting calories in and whilst I do kind of take that with a pinch of salt um I'd say my diet has got slightly worse since since running more um and it is something that I need to maybe check in at some point um because I do like I do eat quite a lot of sugar um 
I go good days and bad days, but yeah, I'd say 75% of what I eat is, is relatively good. I mean, you've just got to enjoy life yeah. as well, yeah. don't you? I mean, quite frankly, you're burning so many calories. Very <laughs> <laughs> Marvelous Creations well, are so good. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking for sponsorship as well, <laughs> if possible. Dairy milk, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd take if, you're, well. if you're eating out, where are some of your favourite restaurants to eat out at? Oh, I'm like a real breakfast-like person, so I do like a brunch place. So we've got a place called Schoolhouse around the corner. It does a, such a good, good breakfast. So oh. delicious. They also do, they do do like other food as well, but they do this beetroot hummus and roasted mm. butternut squash with honey on toast and it's so delicious. I tried to recreate it and didn't get anywhere near how good theirs was, but um, that's really delicious. Megan's, we love Megan's. Yeah. We're quite like easily pleased. Like we quite mm-hmm. like quite simple foods. There's actually a really good Thai restaurant at the bottom of the hill called Pad Thai Story. Yeah. No, I'm not a massive insane. Thai food person, but that is so delicious. It's by a Thai family and it's just like, oh, lovely. it is so good. It's, yeah. it's none of that like where it's like, super salty or sweet yeah. you get quite often it's just like beautifully it's really fresh authentic. Oh, yeah. yeah it's incredible yeah we are quite yeah we quite like quite classic foods i'm pasta person i'm not going to say this right but there's a restaurant called pasta tio oh pa- it's really has, hard to say has, has, pa- pasteo pasteo yeah, maybe. has yeah. that i think that might have just opened in westfield, westfield. yeah it's have delicious you, have you ladies been to padella no but no. i've heard very oh, good oh, things good. i have been to pasta notre in old street which you is delicious. have to go to Padella. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it's open during the weekdays, but it's in Borough Market, the okay. one that I went yeah. to. Oh, is it the little one on the front? I haven't been by. Yeah, it's always the big queue. Yeah, so it opens at midday, but you've got to get there at 11 to get in the queue. Right. And I honestly have never had a pasta. I mean, I so ordered nearly good. every single one off the menu. <laughs> and also really reasonably priced. Yeah. yeah. But phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. I do love pasta. Like, oh, who oh, doesn't? I mean, so I'm, a, I'm a pizza girl, but, you know... I mean, pizza or pasta. What are your thoughts on sort of how social media plays a role in this sort of fitness and well-being industry? Because there's a very fine line between it working for good and being really positive, and then there's another side of it where I think, uh, my personal opinion, there's a lot of people out there who are very underqualified giving dietary advice, fitness advice to very young people. Yeah, impressionable um, people. What are your thoughts on all of that? It's so Because social media has been very good for you, you yeah. know. And, you, and, and it still is to this yes. day. I, we have absolutely, uh, I, I mean, I hate to be one of those people, but I really don't think I do. Yes, I probably do spend a bit too much time on my phone. Like, Who don't doesn't? we all? And then I went to a, a big conference yesterday and they were saying, you can't tell people to get off their phone. They'll get off their phone when they want to. And actually whilst usage and activity on social media has gone up, average time people are spending on their phone has gone down. So people are getting smarter with the way they use it. And and I still I still think I have a relatively healthy relationship with social media and I still get lots of positives from it. Like I don't, I, and I'm not just saying this, but I don't often find myself scrolling through and, and comparing myself to anyone or feeling negatively about what other people are doing because yes, I get pissed off when people are doing silly things or giving crappy advice or or, you know, drowning in their sorrows, but I don't feel like it negatively impacts my whole day de- or anything like yeah. that. And, and part of that is because we have each other yeah. and, and we can bounce ideas off each other and we, we actually do agree most of the yeah. time on, on what we think is good or bad. And, and we've usually both seen the same thing that day and we'll come home and we're like, did you see, you know, and, and we're not bitchy people, but, you know, p- things you do pee, pee you off on social media. But I think my relationship with it is positive. And whether that's because we have both kind of found what makes us really happy. And and although, as I said, aesthetics may come with that, that is not why we do this. You know, if I wanted aesthetics, t- let me tell you, I would not be an ultra runner because it's, you like, I'm 
bit better now, but you just kind of become a bit of a like skeleton, like a little bit of a like, yeah, a stick. And and it's not, obviously I never got super, super underweight or anything like that, but it's not the most aesthetically pleasing look is it is a you've seen the old guys that are still ultra running today that is not the figure that most people aspire to I mean I love those old guys (laughs) they're so serious and they sort of run very up straight (laughs) arms moving I mean gosh yeah so and I think that is partly it and we've also got an incredible community around us and and so we are most inspired by the people that come to our run clubs. That is our community. It's not necessarily the people that we follow on social yeah, media. Yeah, I think and you, you all support each other. Yeah, you know? you're kind of, no one's against each yeah. other. I think you have to like. It's difficult with so, with social media because I think so many people turn to it and they're like, oh, it's what's making me unhappy. But equally, you shouldn't be turning to Instagram to make you happy. That's like, very true. That's not where your happiness should be coming from, and equally, it shouldn't be where your unhappiness is coming from. And I know it's very easy to say this, and it's different if you are suffering with your mental health but you are in complete control of your feed like if something on there is making you unhappy as soon as it has a negative impact maybe it's a friend so you don't want to unfollow them you can actually block their content so it looks like you're still following them but you don't see their oh, stuff i may or may have yeah. not done that yeah, yeah. So we, yeah. even though like we, even my sister she turned to me when she was injured she was like em i'm sorry like i'm still friends. she was like i've blocked your content for the next two weeks like while i can't run she was like because i don't want to look at you running like it's not making that. me happy and i was yeah. like I completely agree. If it, I will not ever be offended if you don't want to follow us because it's not making you happy. Yeah. Like, I don't, I do not want to have that impression on someone ever. So, like, you you do have control and take control of that. Like, it's it's your phone. <laughs> like, literally, you can make of it as, as you want. Absolutely. Are you guys doing any challenges this year? What's what's on the what's in the diary? We've got a third London marathon. We have. You are doing them amazing. Yeah, we're doing London this year, <laughs> um, which is exciting um, and. And then we are both doing a, a relay across Scotland. Oh, um, fun. So the, I have a team of four, which means each person in my team runs 55 kilometres, and Em's has oh, a team of eight. I was like, I thought it was like maybe like a hundred. Yeah. I, I, I was like, I'll do the hundred metres little relay. <laughs> That's all right, round the track. I'm a team of eight, though, so then you're doing more like a half marathon, and not all in one go, so yeah. you'll do like three okay. runs. Fine. Like, so it'll make a half marathon. Okay, yeah. 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 Um, so we're both doing that, and we are racing against each other yeah. as teams, but I've oh. obviously got four, and Em's got eight. Okay. Um, it's weird because it does make it quite close because in Ragnar, yeah. so when you have to change the people like quite a lot, it does like surprisingly slow you down. But then equally, you guys are running for longer. But then the people doing the ultra are stronger runners as well. So it's, it will be quite interesting and considering this half the people. Everyone in my team is about as competitive as I am. Yeah. <laughs> so whereas this is like, going to be Don't worry, we're take your time. I'll be like, yeah. go. We're a bit more lazy fair about the situation. Yeah. <laughs> whereas I'm not about anything. And then we've got half Ironman. Okay. Uh, I was going to say, because we were talking about the Ironman, yeah. and then we stopped talking about it, because I think I was a bit obsessed with Jordan. Yeah. Um, so ha- did the Ironman happen, or is it happening? It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. So I'm just doing the half. I backed out of the full, so I could do another little track. So we're doing Vichy in France. So on Absolutely. that weekend, on the Saturday, there's the 70.3, and then on the Sunday, there's the full. So far, it's gone pretty well. Do you guys place a lot of emphasis also on rest? Yeah. Because yeah. that is just as important. Sleep. I think it's something that I was better at to start yeah, with and I think you kind of looked at me like oh I'm trying to get a nine hour sleep like what's she doing and and I was like powering home like oh no it's fine I'll get that done and I was like it's 10 o'clock Han. why are you opening your laptop and you were like it's fine I'll just sit in bed and I'll just like, do it in bed and I quite like it I really get into my groove at 1am I'm like all right you enjoy your 1am groove <laughs> I get to sleep um but also and I think, sort yeah, of rest realize, days in terms mm. of not exercising do you or, oh, yeah. or would you do like sort of active oh, no always like at least one yeah I a have week. two at the moment most weeks yeah it's not just about how much your legs hurt or how much your arms hurt, or how sweaty you are. It's about how much stress you're placing in your body. Your body cannot 
differentiate between life stress and yeah. work stress or whatever relationship and then stress, yeah relationship stress, whatever yeah. and exercise stress it just sees it as all stress so it is all gonna pile up whether you are sat at a laptop all day and then you go and do a barriers class because you haven't moved all day but it's supposed to be a rest day it's still stress you are still stressing your body throughout the day and I think people and, and I am very quick to forget that like I said I'm a very stressy person around work and I like to be really busy I like to have loads on my plate but it does mean that I am constantly thinking about it and that's stress mm. so I have to be you know super aware of making sure I factor that into to training as well any tips for marathon runners don't stress don't yeah, stress, don't stress. Yes. I think like enjoy PSA. Yeah. enjoy it because yeah. so many people live for the day and they're like oh, I'm hating the training it's just awful I have to run on my own it was raining and uh, but it's gonna be really great because I'm running the London Marathon I'm like that's your only motivation like yeah. this is gonna be an awful six months or how long are you taking to train for I was like the training is like a huge part of the, the oh, day is so small and yeah. to, like I hate to break it to you but the day could also be awful if your stomach goes it's hot you get your hydration wrong the day could be ruined and yeah. if you've also ruined all your training because you hated it all like that's such a waste of your life like start to enjoy your training either go do it on your own because you love it or find a group that gives you that little motivation that kick and it might not even you're actually really enjoying the running yet but at least you're enjoying the company you have with it and everything that comes around it um, so yeah, just I know a really enjoyment. good running group it's called yeah. We Are Runners yes. We Are Runners <laughs> but also don't, be, don't be ashamed of your goal like whether that is just to finish it whether that is a time whether that is a qualifier whatever it is don't be ashamed of that yeah, I'm not saying you have to share your time but if you do want to talk about it if you do want to tell people what you're doing then do you know mm. no one's going to judge you and, and if they do then they're not worth telling well, honestly, if they're judging, they'd never run a marathon. Exactly. They don't know what it entails. So I always end my interviews with a few quickfire questions. I am a huge crisp connoisseur. Ooh, okay. Like crisps are like life to me. Okay. What's your favourite flavour of crisp and why? Oh, salt and vinegar. So just brand just, like oh, um, we, we gotta get chip sti- when it like okay. they like, really like almost sting your lips. But so it's about just salmon like, vinegar yeah. and sea salt. It's just enjoyable. Okay. <laughs> Space Invaders. Oh, oh she's gone old school without <laughs> even a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> or Monster Munch pickled onion. Yes, the best. Because <laughs> people always then ask me, and I'm like, I like the dirtiest crisp of yeah. all time, yeah. and it is the pickled onion Monster yeah. Munch. Or if I had to go like health barbecue pop chips. You, I actually oh, really like great. pop chips. So delicious. Um, I also used to be part of the Kettle Chip fan club when I was <laughs> younger. Oh, that's an they, thing. They well, I'm that, yeah. in it without knowing. <laughs> <laughs> no, they used to send me like monthly newsletters and then after about a year, they finally, which is the only reason why I signed up in the first place, they finally sent me a packet of crisps in the post. Great. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I need to it was brilliant. Yeah, they do do the best crisps. Yeah. They are good. I they know they, all they, about the they I, There were a couple of flavors they used to do that they discontinued. And you're upset about um, that. Which I'm a bit still so very no, bitter no about. So I'm, you know, I reluctantly will eat a kettle chip. <sighs> Who are your three most desired dinner party guests and why? Michelle Obama, Jennifer Aniston, and Kip Chogi. Okay. I don't know if Kip Chogi is the chattiest person at a dinner party. So so like some people listening words. might know who Kip Chogi, who <laughs> might not know who he is. Is he, he is the only man currently, and I know it doesn't officially sound as a record, but to run a sub two marathon. Um, and he just looks like the kindest man. And he's just so, lives such a simple life, and he's so humble, and I just think he's great. So let's just work this out. To run a sub two hour marathon, you would have to be running oh, what know, minute miles? They're actually horrible. Yeah. They're like 4.30s or something. We'll Google it. 
that is, is miles from yeah. Google. That is it's something like that because it's obscene. I, and has anyone got close to that? He has on so on an actual official road. He's done like two a hours sub, and one minute. Four minute thirty four second per mile pace. I mean, he's he's sprinting. Oh, he's sprinting. I couldn't even run that he mile. Is, mile. It, it, uh, I, I can't. I can't even like. Fa- I don't even. I can't even like picture it. Yeah. Incredible. So good. I mean, uh, Michelle Obama, of course. Yeah. Those I'd, arms. I'd love to have her for dinner. Yeah. Je- why Jennifer Aniston? I think she's great. Like she, I'm a big Friends fan through and through, and I think she's. I mean, I'd say she'd hate me just saying this because she doesn't know me, but um, <laughs> she's. I think she's aged really well. She looks she's, fabulous. Yeah, she just released some just, photos of herself. Yeah, and she's fifty-one, 51 years old. But she's it. just embraced it, and she yeah. hasn't like even those photos. Yes, they're a bit saucy, but they're not like oh god, they're not yeah. cringe. Like yeah. she, I think she's just fab. I think she'd be really fun. Well, it have to be Jamie Oliver because he's like the love of my life. It's okay. Just um, um, Very on brand with crazy sexy food. Yeah, like you've got a chef on there, Taryn. Oh, Taryn Egerton. That is actually the love Okay. <laughs> Hannah got my pillow with his name on it. <laughs> oh, my God. Which then, when uh, we got it, like, three years ago, so when Rob first came to my room, I turned the pillow over, because I was like, because it's, it's quite a niche name, so I was like, you might think it's, like, my ex's name or something. <laughs> so I was like, is... I had to, like, turn over and, like, explain that it was a famous person. That, that is brilliant. It wasn't weird, because obviously the other one says me. Um, oh, Claire Balding. Oh, oh I, I love Claire Balding. <laughs> My dad she's used to want me to be the next Claire so I, I just want to be friends with her. Yeah, she's, she's great. so wonderful. What a lovely little... I mean, to be honest, you'd be hosting it together. together so that's yeah. a that's really great, great yeah. little... Table, yeah. Great table. I you might need to come just come along. Yeah. I'll just bring some crisps for Claire. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what would be your final meal? Macaroni and cheese. Oh, I love a good mac and cheese. Just too many slides. There's too much food that I like. I know. It depends on like the mood. Well, you yeah. could have a few things. A few you things. could make a sort of three yeah. course meal if you want to. Meal. If it was three course meal, steak to tar. Oh. Yeah. Favorite. Do you like it with the egg yolk? Yeah. And the, yeah. Oh, all the bits. A bit of spice. Yeah. Like, oh, so good. Um. Don't know. I feel like it would have to be something that like mum cooks for like a main. And anything she Comfort cooks. Comfort food. Yeah. Something that reminds you of home. Yeah. And then dessert, sticky toffee pudding. My sister and I always used to order together and then we had the rule of like one who have one cuts and the other one gets to choose. So you have to cut it in half and then the other one gets so you can like be biased about so it. Diplomatic. And we always used to share sticky toffee puddings, so yeah. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's been so great speaking with you and hearing all about your incredible lives and just the challenges you've taken on, the challenges you, challenges you are taking on, and just sort of your ethos is is really, really admirable. You can follow the girls on social media at Twice the Health as well as at We Are Runners UK, which is where you'll get all the information yeah. for the Run Clubs. You can find out everything they have to offer at twicethehealth.com. Thank you for listening and joining us this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and tell a friend and another and maybe another. Don't forget you can follow all the crazy sexy antics on our social media channels. Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Crazy Sexy Food. Until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.